This is Morning Air. This is about educating a people that for 40 years haven't been given the full truth. It's time now to speak the truth. When you do things to the best of your ability, keeping Jesus number one and doing everything you possibly can for His glory, that's a winner. You are called to make the light of Christ shine brightly in the world. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. Good morning and Happy New Year. Glad it for John today. Thanks so much for joining us as we get 2022 underway. If you're still writing checks, make sure you get the, the right year on there. That'll help a lot as well. Also, is your uh, your football team, team still in it? Um, mine's not. Anyway, uh, we won't talk too much about that. We will give you a story corner this hour to get uh, your year off to a good start. Uh, we'll talk New Year's resolutions as well, maybe how to be more hospitable and uh, learn some hospitality, welcoming Jesus into your home and into your life on a daily basis. Annabelle Mosley joins us before the hour is through, and we'll talk about setting some realistic goals, some of those spiritual New Year's resolutions. Monsignor Stephen Rossetti is a Catholic priest, author, educator, licensed psychologist, Joining us this morning, Happy New Year, Monsignor. Are you are you ready to go back to kind of regular life now after all the holidays? Yes, Glenn. I think uh, some quiet days will be are in order. Yes, that'll be good. That'll be good. Well, it's the third now, the third of January, and for some, it might be the day they actually kind of start their New Year's resolutions. They get back to it. Here we're into kind of ordinary cultural time right now, even though we're still in the Christmas season. But uh, maybe some have already fallen by the wayside. They're like, oh, perfection has eluded me, and <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give up already. Uh, we usually make it a few more days anyway. But uh, what kind of good advice ought we have? And, and maybe starting to look at this from a psychological point of view, humans seem to be wired for wanting that fresh start. Yes, and uh, the New Year is typically when we do that, uh as a matter of fact, there was one study suggested that New Year's resolutions are more likely to be successful than similar resolutions throughout the year. So there's something about starting fresh uh, with a new year. And, you know, it's actually a, an ancient uh, uh, practice. It wasn't done in pagan times. You know, the, the month of uh, January is on, under the god, god is the god Janus, you know, and it was the idea was that one would offer these sorts of... Uh, penitence and change of one's life, which then became more Christianized, uh, that we would change in, in the Jewish faith first and then ourselves in the Christian faith to to change our lives in the new year. And uh, it's a good practice, I think, to, a time to step back and say, look, what's going right with my life that I want to continue, and maybe what do I need to change? Yes. Well, we we love that opportunity, and uh, it's a time of year people most take opportunity of that. How common is it to set spiritual resolutions along with those to, to lose weight or be better with finances? Well, the more popular ones, Glenn, as you mentioned, suggest are, are losing weight and exercising and these self-improvement uh, things, which are fine. I mean, we all, you know, we all, I think we all want to be thinner and exercise more and that sort of thing. But... I think having spiritual goals, at least one good one, is is uh, most important. Uh, when you when you actually step back and say, "What's really important in my life? What's going to endure for eternity?" is you know work, working on my spiritual self. So I strongly encourage people to take stock, uh, maybe in prayer, 
and ask the Lord, you know, Lord, what would you have me change about my life spiritually? And many ways to, to go about that. Uh, any suggestions on some good and, and realistic spiritual goals? Well, I think uh, that's a, the first thing. D- don't make them too broad or vague. Uh, so they should be as specific as possible. Uh, they should be measurable. Uh, d- don't say something like, I'm going to be a good person. Well, make them, make them more measurable. For example, maybe I'll do a holy hour once a week. Well, that's very concrete, uh, very measurable. And, and also, they need to be achievable. You don't want to set yourself up for a failure. A lot of people do that, say, I'm going to lose all this weight, and they know they're not going to. So say, well, I'm going to lose you know, five pounds in, in a month or something. Uh, or so something concrete, uh, which is measurable and achievable. You want to uh, reinforce a sense of, of uh, success rather than reinforcing a feeling of failure. Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, our guest for this portion of Morning Air as we get the new year underway here on Relevant Radio, talking about some spiritual resolutions for the new year. Uh, growing up in the uh, Protestant tradition, uh, scripture reading was a big deal, and uh, many programs were, were started, and, uh, and some were even completed to, to read through scripture in a, in a complete year. And uh, the, the most common program broke it up into Old Testament and New Testament readings. And so I got very familiar with Matthew and, and Genesis and uh, not as much with uh, some of the others, uh, you know, in the middle of the prophets and, <laughs> and and all of that. But that was something you could at least mark off. And it, it also was was bite size. I've uh, yeah, found yeah. during Catholic life here a good a good practice, actually, just making sure we get to the daily readings one way or the other, a little bite sized piece of scripture every day. Yeah, something, again, achievable, uh, doable, and measurable uh, that's uh, uplifting, like, as you say, reading the scriptures. I also find it helpful to do it with someone else. So joining a, a scripture group in your parish, or maybe there's an online, there's several online programs where you can sign up for and get daily readings or, or you know, weekly or monthly uh, reflections from, from a pious priest or sister. Uh, so... The idea of connecting to to a program or to a group or or, or just another person uh, can reinforce that uh, success because you know it's kind of like exercising. You see, if I'm going to exercise by myself, well, not, I get tired in the morning. I want to do it, but if my friend stops by and says, "Okay, let's go. We're going to go running," then you're more likely to do it. Hmm. Yeah, having that accountability partner that is uh, that's so important and that can be you know in addition to all the the spiritual richness of the the practice of reconciliation but uh, that can act as kind of an accountability scenario for us too yes uh, and as I was mentioning earlier Glenn I think one thing I like to do is is say uh, first turn it over to the Lord Lord what do you want me to do this this year rather than me just picking something which I think sounds nice. Uh, take it to prayer, you know, Lord, what would you have me do? I've got a, I do, I'm a spiritual director for a few folks, by, by the grace of God, and one person, for example, I know that she is uh, powerfully moved by a Eucharistic holy hour, and so we know it works for her, and we know it, it, that God touches her in that way, so we, one of the things we're working on is having to do that a little bit more. So finding something that really speaks to you, you talked about reading the Gospels, so what is it that, how does the Lord speak to you in your life? What works for you spiritually? And then and then maybe make a resolution to do a bit more, maybe once a week, once a month, whatever, 
to to discern what the Lord is calling you to. Kind of like in business, Monsignor, we're either we're always moving, right? We're either moving up or we're moving down, yeah. kind of. Is it important in our spiritual life that we ought to continue challenging ourselves to continue to grow? Oh, absolutely. It's you know the the spiritual journey is kind of exciting when you when you actually see the movement that the Lord is. If you look back at your life, uh maybe the last twenty, thirty years, whatever how old, old you are, that to to see what the Lord has done in your life. And to realize how much you've been blessed and graced, and how and moving more deeply into understanding Jesus and, the, and His Word and the Scriptures and the spiritual life, I, I'm uh, I'm just starting. My personally starting to realize. I was reading this morning, of course, the uh, the, uh, the prayers and the Mass this morning, and touched by the, the John's uh, Gospel as well as John's John's first letters. You know that God is love, and learning that more deeply in my life. Uh, uh, as I get a little bit older, so that God really is love, you know, and and that's been a grace the Lord has given to me. And I think when all of us look back at our lives, we can see how God has has touched us. So it's it's a journey, and it's it's got, it's exciting. Well, Monsignor, that can be great fuel as well as we move forward by looking at how God has helped us in the past. We seem to be designed that way. We look at the Old Testament Israelites' journeys and constantly needing to be reminded and how big a deal it was in, in their practice of their faith to remember what God had done in delivering them from slavery in Egypt. We seem to be built to not only you know need to remember, but that's what's one of the main fuels to keep us doing the right thing with yes, faith. Uh, memory to, to remember, uh, which is why the, the great feast, remember what the Lord has done for us, we, uh, but the, and the interesting thing about the, the Christian faith is that when we remember, it's not just uh, an empty thought of the past. There's a sacramental notion to that, that when we remember, that grace is somehow pre- present to us again. So when we read the scriptures, for example, we remember what the Lord has done, but that, that grace of the word is present to us. And of course, the most powerful ways in the sacraments, you you remember what the Lord has done, and it is truly present in the sacrament. Uh, so that's a that's they've got this dynamic presence. Of course, we 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 speak about that in Christmas that God is Emmanuel, God is with us, and so when we remember, God becomes present to us again. Monsignor Stephen Rossetti joining us this morning with a look at some spiritual New Year's resolutions and a, a great way to go about that, to start by asking the Lord what he would have us do as opposed to just us doing it all from, from our side and from our strength as well. Is that one of the dangers, too, that we can set up this program for perfection and we want to do it all in our own strength without maybe leaving enough room for God's grace to pull us through? Well, that's, that's so typical of human beings. You know, we, we, we want to do it our own way. And uh, and and not not and then somewhat not realizing that God really is leading us. We do have a guardian angel. We do have a Holy Spirit. That God is really speaking to us and guiding us. So when we begin to realize that, that God really is right there with us. God really is Emmanuel. God's with us. His Spirit is guiding us. Then the we then we naturally want to say, okay, what I want to do is, I want to open myself to that. And that'd be a beautiful thing to do every morning. I think these spiritual resolutions we're talking about don't have to be, you don't have to go to, you know, you don't have to make a, a, a pilgrimage to some far off land. God's right there with us. 
And so what do I want to do? I want to open my heart to the Lord each morning and say, Lord, Lord, guide me. That'd be a wonderful New Year's resolution. Just every morning, wake up and say, Lord, I open myself to you. Let your spirit guide me this day. We're coming off a mountaintop experience here generally around the holidays with Christmas and all the, the goodness and grace and beauty and uh, uh, so many things that pointing to the, the come of, coming of our Savior for the, the first time on earth. And uh, we love that. That keeps us going for a while. Do we need to kind of almost schedule or really be on the lookout for other mountaintop experiences to kind of keep us going through the year so it's not just kind of a, a downhill <laughs> coast all the way? Yeah. Well, that's funny. My mother, God rest her, she's gone, but she uh, she was a, con- a convert, and she converted in uh, the the around uh, Advent, you know, and there was Advent, there was Christmas, and there was Epiphany and Baptism of the Lord, and and then fairly quickly we went into to to Lent, and uh, and then at the end of uh, the Easter season, my mom said to me, she said, "Well, you know." What 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 what, uh, what season we're going into now? I said, Well, Mom, we're going into ordinary time. She she wrinkled up her nose and said, Ordinary time. I said, Is that the best you can do? <laughs> so, <laughs> funny. Well, it but it's interesting that when how does God come to us? I mean, yes, there are these times when God comes to us on the mountaintop, the Transfiguration, all those wonderful uh, special graces. But God loves us so much, and is that Emmanuel with us? He He loves us every day, and so. We we experience and meet God most often in the ordinary. I love to think about the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I mean, if you actually looked at it from a distance, her life was fairly ordinary, you know. But in fact, she is the the holiest outside of Jesus of all human beings. Um, why? Because in the daily life, her she was totally in sync with the Lord's will. She was the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to thy word. She, that's what we, we strive to be in the daily stuff of our lives, whether you're taking out the garbage, you know, you're washing the dishes, uh, you're going to work if you work, you know, if whatever you're doing, washing the, uh, the, the clothes, anything. Uh, to do that in sync with the Lord's will is a source of holiness. And if we don't, you're just wasting your time. Does it speak to, you know, we're always looking for meaning, always looking for meaning, Monsignor, and, you know, what we do should really matter. But ordinary life in ordinary time, uh, the idea that we know very little of the first 30 years of Jesus' life, for example, as we you know, looked so intently at the start of that earthly life here over the past few weeks, that really speaks to the importance of day-to-day living. Yes, and I've been impressed more and more in these uh, later days in my life that that what does the Lord really want from us? You know, yes, he, he wants us to follow his will and that sort of thing, but I think the Lord wants us to love him and to love our brothers and sisters. And, and he said that to us, but sometimes it's, it, it, it eludes us. But say, no, no, that each day to, to love the Lord, to, to say, Lord, I love you, I, I thank you, I am I, I, grateful, and to love the people around us. Just to... More is wrought by, wrought by love than by, by hard work. I was, gave a retreat to a bunch of priests the other day. And I said, look, I said, you know, your life, will, what, what will measure your uh, efficacy of your ministry will not be how hard you work, it will be how much you love. So the more you love, 
the more efficacious your ministry, regardless of uh, you know how many hours a day you put in. Well, I love that idea, Monsignor, and uh, maybe a little tangent on love, as you mentioned in uh, John's Gospel and his letters as well. Really uh, love the standout uh, idea he's talking about constantly, and it seems sometimes that can get lost, even in church circles, as we uh, talk about the business of the church. Are we doing it in that spirit of love and grace? And talk about a great way to evangelize in the midst of what's going on right now around the world. There's not... A, as much love as there, all well, there never is, as there ought to be, but so much uh, contentiousness, you know, of fighting over politics and COVID and yeah. a variety of things, uh, to be loving and to be willing to wade into discussions, even with people we might disagree with, boy, that can really stand out. Yes, uh, uh, I love Martin Luther King's uh, statement that you know, only love can cast out hate. And he was a pastor, you know, and so he, he knew the Gospels. And when you read, uh, again, the Gospel of John, the letters of John, you begin to realize that, yes, God is love, and only love can cast out hate. Only love can heal. As I would say, when people go forward now this year, some of you will be estranged from loved ones. I was talking to a, a, a person yesterday who hasn't spoken to her brother in 17 years. Well, maybe the time now is to reach out. Uh, maybe your New Year's resolution would be to reach out to your brother and just just tell your brother. She loves her brother. She said, "I love my brother," and and uh, I think that just to tell him that, and and uh, maybe there'll be some reconciliation there. And even if there isn't, he'll he'll remember that. He'll remember that his sister said that I love you. And and so there's so many people who are isolated uh, in this world. You know, but for example, there there's a, some discussion about why the the question of homelessness. There are many reasons, of course. But many of the people just have no one. Uh, they're estranged from their families and estranged or have no family. So to reach out in love, and and this is what will change our world. Only love can cast out hate. Well, Monsignor, maybe maybe some people and some relationships ought to be some of those resolutions instead of the focus just on me, 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 whether it be my yeah. waistline or uh, the amount of pages I've gotten through in my Bible or all of those things. But maybe we do resolve to patch up some of those relationships or try to make some better or try to brighten someone else's life that we notice could really use that. And maybe we're the one to do that. Absolutely. I think that if if you really want to have a great New Year's resolution, uh, do something for someone else. When we uh, most of these New Year's resolutions are focused on ourselves, which is fine. I mean, you want to you know, lose weight, exercise, whatever. But but to to at least do one that where you 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 give yourself uh, in charity to someone else, and you'll find of all your resolutions, you'll be most blessed when you help someone else. And all the studies of happiness suggest that. You you want to be happy and joyful in your own life? Help someone else. Give yourself to someone else, and joy and peace will be yours. Focusing in on some good resolutions on the spiritual side for the new year of 2022. Got to get used to saying that uh, just a little bit as well. Oh. Monsignor, we're not doing this alone. We have some great helpers in uh, that uh, great cloud of witnesses, the saints, yeah. to help us. Any particular saints you might advise us to use as helpers to succeed in those spiritual New Year's resolutions? Well, today we, we thank uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, a beautiful American saint, uh, her feast day. Uh, 
also, I'd like to ask people to to thank your guardian angel. I'm an old holy man. Once told old monk said to me, he said, "Thank your guardian angel." I said, "You're right." So thank your guardian angel and resolve this new year to listen to your guardian angel. Let him let you, the the guardian angel whisper in your ear and try to follow that divine advice given to you. Well, and also uh, before we let you go, Monsignor, here in the heart of winter time, um, and we got you know all kinds of sports going except for baseball. But uh, as chaplain for uh, you know the Washington Nationals, and I know there's a little bit of a labor dispute going on right now. But uh, any any baseball thoughts that can can help us through, and you know, in hoping spring training gets underway before the end already of next month. Well, we're all hoping. Uh, I think the whole world is hoping that this pandemic will put behind us, and so. I say a prayer. Let's all have a say a little prayer that the the pandemic will be will be uh, passed and that will return to uh, a healthier world. Excellent. Well, we thank you so much for your time. Wonderful conversation, and uh, we hope that you succeed in all your spiritual New Year's resolutions. And you certainly have been good help for us along the way as well. Morning Air continues on Relevant Radio right around the corner. We'll talk to Annabelle Mosley about how to resolve to increase our hospitality for Jesus in 2022. That and a brand new story corner coming up before the hour is through as we continue here on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Lucky kids, they got to stay up late and ring in the new year as we are here, too, uh, back at it. Uh, January 3rd, my goodness, 2022 already. It's Glenn and for John today. Thanks for joining us for Morning Air here on Relevant Radio as we continue our story corner. Coming up before the hour is through, but as we talk resolutions this hour, don't worry, they're good ones. And, you know, it's ultimately up to you. But uh, how about resolving to increase the hospitality in our homes and in our hearts for Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that with Annabelle Mosley. She's an author, professor of theology, wife and mom, and creator of the Bethany Plan, offering busy Catholics a way to find sacred balance at BethanyPlan.com. Annabelle, great to have you along. How is the new year treating you so far? Good morning, Glenn. So far, so good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's kind of we we peek out and look around. It's like okay, back to it. Back to <laughs> back know. to regular life. We That's we go exactly into work it. after maybe a few days <laughs> off, and we wonder if we remember all the passwords and how to do all the stuff we're supposed to do. And uh, you know, hopefully enough of it works. We can have a somewhat productive work day. But we're uh, hopefully doing that this morning on morning air here on Relevant Radio as well. Talking to resolutions here in the last half hour with Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, and you have a, a great idea for a great resolution for the new year, and that's to really have a heart of hospitality for our Lord. Absolutely. And it's the kind of thing that, that might make us think, wow, hospitality, even during COVID, during the pandemic, all the absolutely. In fact, that's why we need it more than ever. We can welcome Jesus into our home every single day. And you know, doing so will just make us feel more connected. It'll give us a greater sense of belonging in these just disjointed times, you know, just to remind us of whose we are and to whom we belong. So that's my resolution this year. And uh, it just, I think we're all going to feel more, more connected in his heart, in, in Jesus's sacred heart and in welcoming him into ours every day. 
oh, we need to have that connection there, and we can kind of assume the connection, but if we don't actively cultivate it, sometimes not on Jesus' end, but on our end, it may weaken just a little bit. What are some practical yes. tips, uh, tips and steps you'd have for us to take to, to better welcome Christ into our hearts? That's so beautifully said, and that's exactly it. It's it's just doing it every single day. So the first of the ways is to welcome Jesus first thing every day. Um, I love that we're talking about this on the Feast of the Most Holy Name of Jesus. Um, it just seems so so perfectly timed. But, you know, I'm thinking of the wonderful saints Martha and Mary of Bethany. I love them. My website is thebethanyplan.com, named for them, because I want to be like them. I, I want to I love how they welcomed him in. You know, it, it's funny when we when we first meet Martha and Mary in Scripture. It's right after, not long after, Jesus has said, "The Son of Man has no one, nowhere to lay his head," and yet Martha welcomes him into her house. And we know how she worked so hard. You know, Martha's known for she wanted to cook and clean for our Lord and just do so much for him. And Mary is known for sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him. But it's just easy to forget the simple profundity, just how profound it is that Martha welcomed him. That's what scripture tells us. She welcomed him. So how often our Jesus was misunderstood, he was rejected, he was overlooked by the world around him. Yet St. Martha welcomed him into her home, and it's no wonder she became a saint. Yes, she was anxious and worried about many things, but she did become a saint. So why? She welcomed him in. So I'm hoping that this year we'll all resolve to welcome Jesus in our homes and hearts first thing every day. So what does that look like for us? Well, it can kind of be, you know, for me, it's praying a, a morning offering prayer every day, just as soon as my eyes pop open. I like the Fatima morning offering. Um, it involves, you know, kissing the brown scapula. That's my favorite one. But there's so many beautiful morning offerings you can do. Um, it could be making a resolution to attend daily mass this year. Um, or praying an Our Father first thing and emphasizing thy will be done, you know, just really focusing on that line, thy will be done. But but just deciding what is it, what is that prayer that helps us to surrender everything to Jesus first thing in the morning? Um, and the other tip I like to give is if you have a new prayer, put it someplace you can't miss it. Maybe it's that most opened cabinet in your kitchen or near the table where you eat breakfast or the back of your bathroom mirror, but put it someplace that even when you're really tired, you can't forget it. That's a great way to, to think about uh, a simple resolution for the year is that we start by acknowledging the Lord and really, you know, being intentional about it. And so yeah. we're not chasing the day, but we can have uh, the day be led by the Lord as opposed to just uh, the noise comes on with the clock radio and we're off and running. <laughs> but if we kind of take that, we, you know, wrestle back that first couple minutes of the day and set the pace for the day with our Lord, then things, you know, when that happens, always seem to go a little better. Definitely. Definitely. And even if we wanted to say, I welcome you, I welcome you, Lord, today. It's so simple, but it's so beautiful. And we can bring that spirit to our communion, to our Holy Communion. We can bring that if we go to, whenever we go to Mass to say, I welcome you in. I welcome you with my whole heart. Um, I, I think thinking about the way St. Martha and Mary worked so hard, and that's why he kept going back to Bethany. That's why he was so happy there. He, he felt so welcomed. So what a beautiful way to to take that spirit to our new year, to this 2022, a time so many of us have felt disconnected. 
um, or so many things that we used to do, we really can't do anymore. We have to change how we do it. This doesn't have to change. And this will always make us feel welcome. Just as we welcome him, we'll feel that welcome in return. And it will bring such joy to our every day. Annabelle Mosley is our guest for this portion of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio, talking hospitality. And you might be thinking, hospitality? I just had, you know, 20 people <laughs> at the house and then Christmas before that. And I don't want to talk hospitality for a while, but we're talking exactly. about making that welcoming spot for Jesus in your life day after day. And we kind of talk about, and it's a common in a, in a great spiritual conversation, about uh, the balance between how we need to have some Martha as well as some Mary in us. And in terms of the Martha part in welcoming Christ into our hearts, there still can be some practical things there too, maybe like sweeping the dust out of our hearts so they can be a welcoming spot for our Lord. And I'm sure other practical tips that we can be a, a spiritual Martha and get ready for Jesus. Absolutely. How about, you know, as we're speaking, I'm sure in many of our homes, right, there's still some of that leftover Christmas tinsel clinging to the, you know, underneath the rug. Um, there's a couple of, I know in my house, some gingerbread cookies still left on the counter. The kids just decorated and there's still some crumbs. I've got to, I got to get on that. So there's, you know, even the, I found a couple bits of wrapping paper and, you know, behind my sofa this morning. It's just that, that time where things are a little hectic in the house from all the joy and all the celebrating. What about when we're cleaning and and sometimes we think of those acts of of picking up after the kids or cleaning up the kitchen and it seems so um uh, you know what what word could we give it it's certainly unglamorous it's it can be exhausting um what about making an an offering of those little jobs i find it it really changes things doesn't it if we just say i offer up this labor i offer up this humble work it's it's nothing much but while i sweep or vacuum or put away the dishes i offer it up lord it's amazing how suddenly that job feels much better it feels good it feels good to offer something up to jesus for all he gives for us it's just remembering to do it and that's why i have a reminder on the back of my kitchen cabinet again so that i see it every day um, it's amazing how forgetful I know I can be. Even things I try to do every day, when you get busy and you just get in that mode of, of taking care of everything for the family or on your way to work, um, you open that cabinet and go, oh, that's a reminder. I offer this up to you, Lord. You know, when he told her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and worried about many things. It was the anxiety. It was the worry she was bringing to it. If she were just whistling in the kitchen, singing and saying, oh, I'm so happy I'm making Jesus this wonderful food, that would be an act of prayer. So it's really just joining prayer to everything we do. You know how we're told to pray at all times and in everything give praise. How do we do that? Even in the thing we don't want to do that much, the, the job we don't want to do, it's a little exhausting offer it up. Suddenly it takes on this beautiful spirit of a little sacrifice we can give our Jesus. Had a wonderful spontaneous Bible study back in the 80s that helped bring a friend uh, around uh, church things by talking about how we behave in the workplace was the context this came up in, but uh, in reading about work in any job, work as if for the Lord. You know, not only when we're, you know, doing great and wonderful volunteer things at church, but just the mundane things, but go at Absolutely. them and offer that work up to the Lord. And also thinking too, in terms of that hospitality to mix gratitude in with it, you know, whether it is doing the dishes and 
thinking as we're doing those dishes, not always my turn to do them again. I wish someone else would take a turn. But uh, thank you, Lord, that we have food to eat. We're doing the laundry. We're folding the kids' clothes. Thank you, Lord, for my beautiful children. You know, and even hospitality in the larger sense, we're like, oh, I got to clean because we got people coming over. Well, thank the Lord that you have those relationships. And to, to look at it joyfully like okay this busy task means that uh, this is being done because of like greater things yeah you know it's funny i just saw a little sign i was um i was shopping and i saw a little sign for the laundry room that said thank god i have so much laundry because it means i have so many people who love me and who i love you know it's just you're right it it is a privilege and i think we we know that in our hearts but it's that it's that question of reminding ourselves and when we do the work really does take on you know, a different, a different feeling because suddenly the work's a prayer and, and we can get behind that. I really think we can all get behind that in 2022. How about teaching our kids to have that same spirit of gratitude? That's always a challenge, you know, okay, now say thank you to grandma for the gift, you know, and go give her a hug. And, you know, but, uh, you know, (laughs) when we get to see a child uh, spontaneously express gratitude for something, it's like, Wow, thank you, Lord, and, and something's working here. But how can we make that more automatic for our kids along with ourselves in the new year? Well, I know for, for my own children, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to be repetitive and, and say it a lot. But I think it's when they see us, you know, in action too. It's just, it's just like what you said. It's saying it all the time. Now, let's be grateful for that. Did you thank your brother? He just gave you, you know, he gave you half of his cookie. Did you say thank you? Good. Good. How about a hug? You know, kids, they're so receptive. I do find that that sometimes if we think, oh, you know, is that a little pushy? They want that guidance. So even to, I'll go further and be like, well, now how about a hug? <laughs> um, but I know for, for me too, I'm trying to, um, and it's so good because I feel, I was just talking to my husband about this last night, Glenn. My father, and I lost him when I was a, a little girl, but I one of the things I remember most about him was he used to say all the time things like this. Oh, this is so good. It doesn't get any better than this. Oh, thank you, God. This is so great. He just come out with it. And, you know, and, and I mean like just sipping an iced tea in the summer on the deck or little, little, little things, being around uh, the Christmas tree with us when I was little. He just come out by saying, oh, this is so great. Thank you, God. You know, thank you. This is so great. And I think as a kid, it made a real big impression on me because my dad was saying that this was good. It reminds me of a little bit of, um, in my small way, of course, when our Lord, you know, when, when God created the world and said, this is good. So if we can keep saying out loud to our kids, this is good. Sometimes our mood follows that, you know, it, we, we might be feeling down. And then once we say, this is so good, thank you, God, we feel better. Also, is it just a matter of normalizing good things, normalizing appreciation for good things, normalizing good behavior and not making it be exceptional, but this is the way we operate in our house. This is the norm. Absolutely. We want to have a holy home and we work for it every day. And saying that out loud, don't, don't worry if it sounds uncool. The kids will love it to say, we're going to have a holy home. Let's, let's model the holy family. Oh, very good. Well, you know, it's the first day back for so many, you know, we got to adjust and, and, and get used to all this, this hard work. So we need to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more. Our story corner coming up before the hour's through and more on being welcoming to our Lord in our hearts day in and day out. Annabelle Mosley continues with us next on Morning Air and the, the on, on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. From Maui to Maine. 
You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales. Coast to coast on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Starting up your new year of 2022 already. Welcome to January 3rd. My goodness, hey, it's Glenn in for John this hour. How is this for a cool idea? Uh, a food truck. They're popular, right? A food truck for the homeless. Great things going on in Chicago with taste for the homeless. We'll talk with Chef Michael Earhart coming up after the news at the top of the hour here about some great things going on, a great way to serve using our time, talents, and treasures that's happening in Chicago. That's coming up in just a little bit. Right now, we continue our conversation with Annabelle Mosley. We're talking about really uh, how to increase the hospitality for Jesus in our hearts, in in our homes, and that can be a great resolution. And uh, we started the conversation a couple minutes ago, Annabelle, but just to catch folks up, what would be a great way to get, get started with that, to make that a regular practice? And like successful resolutions not necessarily have perfection right out of the box but uh, over time here so we can be talking a year from now about wow that was a great idea that we got cooking what's new this year <laughs> well you've heard the expression of course my home is your home or mi casa es su casa well this is 22 2022 and i think we should offer that sentiment to jesus to say jesus my home is your home um saints martha and mary really did offer jesus that peaceful place to go in the world that often rejected him. So we can ask ourselves, does our house do that? Do people who pass by our house know we're Catholic? Um, so this month we can add maybe a statue of Jesus or of our Blessed Mother or one of the saints on our property in a place that that can be seen from the road, inspiring others. I know when I drive by a house that has um, a statue of the Blessed Mother or I see a statue of Jesus, it really does perk me up as I drive drive to what I'm doing. So so that's a wonderful way, or maybe if we have a statue already, putting it in a more prominent place. And the other question, do people who enter our home see our faith proudly on display? So we can add a beautiful picture of the Sacred Heart. That was always traditional for so many years. If, you, if we ask our grandparents, they'll remember it, or our parents, that every Catholic home had a, a picture of the Sacred Heart in a, in a prominent place. And it's such a nice tradition to continue. We can also arrange with a priest to have a home enthronement ceremony. I love this. Um, it really changed the game for my family when we did this because you, you officially declare Christ as the king of your home. Um, you can go online if you just enter in a search enthronement ceremony, Sacred Heart. Um, you'll, you'll see it comes right up and it can, it's ideally led by a priest or it's the father of the family can do it. Or if neither one is available, then the owner of the home. And actually, one of the lines, Glenn, that I love in the prayer is, may our home be for thee, Jesus, a haven as sweet as that of Bethany, where you can find rest in the midst of loving friends who, like Mary, have chosen the better part in the loving intimacy of thy heart. So let's think of a way that works for our family to say to Jesus this year, our home is your home. Great way to look at it, Annabelle. Great way. And uh, w when you talked about having a, a home that has some images of our faith so that people can know just at a glance, whether they're driving by in some cases, or certainly when they're opening the front door and coming on in, they can uh, they can see. And a great subtle way to evangelize. I, I sometimes forget uh, with, you know, collecting many things like that over time. Uh, <laughs> when people come over, they you know, it's normal to me, but, you know, not every house, uh, you know, ha has a lot of that. And, but uh, it can be a great way to bring up the conversation. And so many times, whatever it might take to bring up that conversation about faith, we might be a little reluctant or others might be to jump right to that topic. But if that comes up, 
what a great way. Even I, I think of something as simple as, you know, if someone new is cutting your hair and, you know, I can have the conversation about, about headphone hair, you know, hey, don't, don't, it's in the afternoon, right? So it's like, hey, don't mind my hair. You know, I, I get up really early. I got headphones and smashes it down and I get up early. So I took a nap and it looks crummy because, of, well, what do you do? What are you working radio? Oh, what, what, uh, what station or what format? And then, you know, it's not the, the, I'm on the radio talk. It's the, you get to talk about faith a little bit. Oh, you know, and so look for those opportunities, right, to, to bring up the conversation so we can invite others into our home that if we're doing it right is, is populated, that home in our heart populated by Christ. Absolutely. That's beautiful. I have um, one of my students, I teach theology, um, and one of my students I teach at a seminary and also at uh, a college. One of my students, um, and he's an older fellow, he's a layman and he's about, oh, he's in his late 50s. He wears a really big crucifix. And he always lets it show outside of his coat. Um, he's a very humble man, very humble man. But he said he got one that's a bit oversized. And he said, you wouldn't believe how many people start chatting with me at the grocery store, you know, just saying like, okay, so I see that you're a believer. Now, let me talk to you about this. And um, it's wonderful. Whatever we decide to do that sort of wears our heart um, on our sleeve. I love that expression too. Our, you know, the sacred heart of Jesus, which I feel so devoted to. He really, in the images, he's putting it all out there for us. How can we put it all out there for him in our homes and in our hearts to just wear our love for him in a more public and open way to invite those conversations and to just be a witness without words. Sometimes even when someone hasn't spoken to you about it, they noticed and they felt comforted. Like I said, I remember being a kid even, driving by houses that that had the statue outside and feeling better, you know, like, okay, the day's going to be good. You even say a little prayer sometimes at the red light when you're right by that house that has the statue. You never know how, how much that one act can brighten someone else's day. Oh, ab absolutely. Whether it be something we wear or something that's that's in our yard. And again, noting Definitely. the difference between it's not a competition between who can be the, the most holy decorator, you know, in the neighborhood exactly. or, you know, who can proudly wear the, the most Christian things on your outfit that day. But as a way of bringing up the conversation, uh, yes. if that is the goal, the goal not to say, look at me, but the goal, hey, no. look at Christ. And if you want to look at Christ, we can talk about that a little bit. And then also, as we talked before with the good behavior for the kids in the home, to kind of normalize the good, normalize these good things, you know, making wearing a crucifix, you know, not an unusual, but a normal thing, having a statue in the yard, a normal thing, normalizing the good. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, and in that spirit of humility, to to, too. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, go, go ahead, ahead Glenn. It's funny. I think we we're going to say the same thing because I know the next point is giving that I have in my article is giving Jesus your heart again and again. And when I think of humility, I always think of St. Francis. So just as how you so beautifully said it, that when we do these acts, you're right, Glenn, it, it's it's always done in a spirit of, of humility, but but also love. You know, the sacred heart of Jesus, that image Jesus has his heart right there for us to see. Um, he's the most humble that can ever be, and yet he puts his heart out there. Um, I think of the most humble saint that often comes to mind is St. Francis. And I love this quote by St. Francis. He, he asked Jesus, Jesus, what can I give you? What can I give you, Lord? And, and our Lord answered famously, Francis, give me your heart again and again. And Francis said, but, but Lord, I've already given you my heart. I, you know I've given you my heart. And the response was, Francis, just give it to me again and again. Give me your heart. It will give me the same pleasure, no matter how many times you give it. 
So another tip for the new year is consecrating ourselves to the sacred heart of Jesus. Maybe it's for the first time, but what if we've already consecrated ourselves? Let's do it again. It's just like a repeated, I love you. You can never do it too often. I think of Jesus saying, give me your heart again and again. So I offer a fresh approach to the 33-day consecration to the Sacred Heart. It's available at my site, bethanyplan.com. It's totally free. And if you sign up with your email, you'll get a daily email um, to your inbox each day. There's a link to a 9 to 12-minute podcast, and it has beautiful music, stories, reflections, works of Catholic art and inspiring music. And it's all themed around that day's line in the Litany to the Sacred Heart. So there's 33 lines in the Litany to the Sacred Heart. And this is 33 days of dwelling with those lines of the Litany. And even if we've consecrated ourselves before, we really can't do it too often. And really to spend time focusing on the good and the true and the beautiful as this would be, that's never a bad thing. No, no, never. Well, we thank you so much for your time with us today. We uh, really appreciate you being a regular guest on, on Morning Air here and invite folks to take to heart that idea to, uh, you know, be hospitable, right? Have that uh, that hospitality, make that part of our, our the regular, what we're known for, uh, right? And not only in our homes, but our, our hearts and well uh, as well. And it doesn't necessarily mean we have to have the, the fanciest home or the, the fanciest heart, but the most genuine and loving home and heart should do the trick. Uh, Bethanyplan.com to find out more about Annabelle Mosley and what she is up to. Thanks so much, Annabelle. We continue now with the morning air with a look at today's Story Corner. Our story today is called Never Give Up. It's from Justin McEwen. U.S. paratrooper Joseph Beryl served with the 101st Airborne Division during World War II. Prior to the start of the Normandy invasions, Beryl jumped twice into occupied France to coordinate, provide arms and money to several French resistance units. Then he jumped into France on D-Day, destroyed an enemy gun emplacement, was captured, escaped, captured again. He was beaten nearly to death, his uniform and dog tags taken from him. A German soldier attempted to infiltrate U.S. lines dressed in Burl's uniform and was killed. The U.S. War Department believed Burl had been killed in combat and notified his parents. His mother refused to believe her son was dead and continued to ignore the calls from the family to accept his death. Burl was taken into captivity at a German-controlled POW camp. He attempted to escape and was shot and wounded. He survived on minimum food and medical attention. Burl would be held in seven different POW camps and escaped again. This time, the Gestapo was ready to shoot him, claiming that he was a spy. He escaped again and found his way to a Soviet armor brigade, which was near the POW camp. Burl, having knowledge of engines and mechanical background, assisted the Soviet tank unit, which was equipped with American-made M4 Shermans. He served with the armor unit commanded by a Soviet female officer and acted as a scout for the Russians against German positions. He was wounded again when German dive bombers attacked the Russian armor column. He was taken to a Soviet hospital where he met Soviet Marshal Zhukov, who was curious on how this American paratrooper ended up in a Soviet hospital. Zhukov was so impressed with Beryl's story that he provided safe passage back to the U.S. Embassy in Moscow. Due to the U.S. War Department believing that Beryl had been killed back in June of 1944, the U.S. government kept him under guard for several days until his dental records confirmed that he was indeed Beryl. 
Beryl served more combat time with the Soviets than the Americans and received both U.S. and Soviet citations. Beryl returned home and married his sweetheart. He was married by the same priest who two years earlier had his funeral when the family believed that he was dead. Sergeant Joseph Beryl's prisoner of war, captured again by the Germans. Galatians 6.9, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we'll reap if we do not give up. Well, how is that for inspiration here on the day we're talking so much of <laughs> New Year's resolutions? Don't give up, all right? This guy escaped again and again and ended up serving with the Soviets in World War II along with the U.S., so it a taste of a variety of allies. And so, uh, again, encouragement for that. That's our story for today. If you would uh, like to hear that again, you can certainly access the audio and, uh, and the script as well uh, a little bit later on this morning at our Glenn Story Corner Facebook page. Also, podcast form of every Story Corner available on that wonderful Relevant Radio app and online at relevantradio.com. And we always, always welcome your suggestions for stories as well, too, whether it's something you've come across you think would be great, maybe something you've written. We'd have uh, several of those sent in through the years as well. Just send those uh, via email, morningair at relevantradio.com. That's morningair at relevantradio.com. A couple things in the news, and uh, we'll have Patrick Connolly along with more headlines in, in just a minute, but the, the Holy Father placing the new year under the protection of Mary. On New Year's Day, the Pope asked Catholics to place their lives under the protection of Mary, the Mother of God. Speaking from St. Peter's Basilica, the Pope said, a mother's gaze is the path to rebirth and growth. And he added, we need mothers, women who look at the world not to exploit it, but so that it can have life. Words from the Holy Father getting the new year underway as well. Plus, one of the things we want to keep our eyes peeled for as well in terms of life issues. Coming up this year, of course, in June, we expect to hear from the U.S. Supreme Court as they wrap up their session, what they're going to do with the Dobbs case out of Mississippi, how that will affect Roe v. Wade. Will the Texas heartbeat law still hold up that prohibits uh, abortion after a heartbeat is detected? Other states looking to do the same as well. A lawsuit over that Texas abortion law will go before a federal appeals court this week. Oral arguments are set for Friday. Judges on the New Orleans-based Fifth Circuit will decide whether the case should first go before the Texas Supreme Court. It's a move opponents argue will delay a ruling on the merits in district court. The Texas law, again, bans abortion after a heartbeat is detected. It allows anybody as well to sue if they think those rules are being broken. More of Morning Air coming up right around the corner. A pretty, pretty cool hour lined up for you. We're going to talk about just great things going on with the taste for the homeless in Chicago. Chef Michael Earhart joins us next. Right here as Morning Air continues on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app.